Talk Show by Perfectly Spoken with your host, Natalie Gommen. Right, hello and welcome to today's session. This is the talk show, the Perfectly Spoken Talk Show, where we talk to people from all around the world to hear lots of different and interesting, unusual and funny stories so that you can listen to lots of different types of English. So today uh, with us we have uh, Thomas uh, Muzinski and Lena Karlin. So are you there? Hi guys. Ah, hello. Welcome. How are you today? We're good. Just finished work. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, right after work, that's right. Right, okay. So, and can you tell everybody where you are talking from? Uh, yes, so we are based in London. I get mm-hmm. to be um, southeast London, to be precise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Near Greenwich, if anyone uh, knows where that is, the observatory. And... Sorry, where? Near where? Greenwich. Ah, that's a very nice area. It is. <laughs> yeah. Many years ago, Greenwich wasn't such a nice area, but now I think it's a really quite fashionable area of London to live in. I recommend visiting it if, you were, if, if we can ever travel again. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we do too, definitely. And uh, like definitely there's more people moving in and uh, things are changing. Yeah. It's, it's a nice place. It's okay. very green too. The, the Greenwich Park is great. So check it out if you can. Yeah, and I think I'm right. In Greenwich, they have the line, the time. Yeah. The timeline. What's it called? I can't remember. Uh, the Meridian Line? Is yes. It? Yes. So that's where the world uh, officially starts. <laughs> and they even have this little shop that's called like the first shop in the world uh, because it's closest to the line uh, I think of all the shops <laughs> so yeah ah, it's so, quite fun. so it's a good place to visit then <laughs> yeah. okay well we're going to start our show today with a little poll to get all these participants involved here so I'm just going to put our first poll up now I don't know if you've guessed but uh, Thomas and Lena are not from the UK originally So we have our first question, which is how long have they been in the UK? And the options are for years, for years, that's very vague. I think it was supposed to say for 11 years, if I remember rightly, Um, for 20 years, most of their lives or since 2015. So the first option is for 11 years. So we've got for 11 years, second option for 20 years, third option most of their lives and fourth option since 2015 okay and the most popular answer is the first one so what is the real answer um so the the real answer is um 11 years so we've been here 11 years since 2009 uh although it often feels like it's been most of of our lives yeah, yeah because we we moved here when we were what 19 or 20 so basically our all uh whole grown-up life we spent here so it it almost feels like 20 but not <laughs> not yet <laughs> and when you when you moved to the uk was it your plan 
to stay as long? I don't think we had a plan. <laughs> it was very much like impulsive and we definitely knew we wanted to go and study, but then we thought we would go somewhere else like Latin America because like, why not? Um, so it wasn't like a well thought through plan. It, it just like ended up being like that. Yeah, I think we had some vague idea of maybe moving somewhere else later on. And I think we continue to have that idea, but that someone <laughs> never materializes. Yeah. Mm. Well, you've still got time because you're very young. So you still have time. Okay? <laughs> Relatively yeah. young, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so explain to viewers because you didn't, now you're in London, but you didn't go from Poland straight to london so what happened what was your journey um yeah so we we moved uh, to aberdeen so we we originally moved to uk to study and we somehow ended up in the with the university of aberdeen and that's in scotland that's a north, north, north yeah, part of yeah it's scotland. very north isn't yeah. It? yeah i mean i know that um because you're from krakow Right, in Poland. Right. It's a fantastic city. It is, yeah. Um, cool. I went there a long time ago. Um, I'm sure now it's very touristy, you know. There are a lot of tourists in Krakow. Yeah, there, there are. It, 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 I think it becomes increasingly touristy as the so cheaper and cheaper flights and, and I guess as Poland changed over, over the years as well. Yeah, it's becoming more and more gentrified as well. So it's becoming less unique. I would say it looks much more similar to any other, um, you know, Western or Central European capital, but it's still, it's still a great place to, to visit. It's mm -hmm. just not as extreme and as uh, unusual as it was maybe 10 or 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I know that I had a friend who lived in Krakow and right, I don't know if she was exaggerating, right? But she said that in winter, the temperatures went down to like minus 10, minus 20. Is that true? Um, yeah. 10? Definitely. I, yeah. I feel like there's always a week during the winter when the temp temperature drops below, like between minus 10 and minus 20. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that um, is cold. But, but not all the time. Yeah. Just some weeks. Um, it can be like, it can be, it depends. The winters can be similar to the ones we have in the UK as well. It can be mild, but it's more likely you'll get minus 10 or 20 yeah, like, on some days. On like a week, yeah minus 10 or 20 so for you going to north scotland was kind of like going to the caribbean <laughs> <laughs> i think i mean not, not, not quite I, I think compared to anything scotland i guess it will difficult it will be difficult for scotland to be to the caribbean um but yeah the, the winters weren't so so difficult i, yeah. I think the, the summers in scotland are a bit colder than the summers in, in poland uh, so that, that was a bit of a change. Although there was this one time when we wanted to go down from Aberdeen to Edinburgh to the airport and there's basically just one road mm -hmm. and uh, and they closed the road because there was snow on it. So like they basically closed like the northern part, mm -hmm. part of, of the country because there was some snow. So that's not, that doesn't happen in Poland. <laughs> so that was no. kind of unusual <laughs> reaction to, to having some snow. 
I know we we have uh, in the UK we laugh a lot about that if it's like you know because the UK is not known for having brilliant weather but you know if we have really extreme extreme you know weather types like really really hot then the the rail lines melt and then if it snows you know especially I'm from London so it doesn't snow in London very often but when it does snow it's like the whole the whole city just you know is in crisis and then we're looking at planes you know landing in Russia and it's minus 40 <laughs> like why is it why is it that everything stops here so I think you know, we're quite famous for being bad at it's bad actually, weather. It's true. It's We can confirm it's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you went from Poland to Aberdeen. With, what is the size of Aberdeen? It's quite small. Is it quite small? Um, yeah. uh, yes. So it's, I think... Around... 200,000 people? Yeah. So it is compared to London, it is quite small. So we spent like the first few years not using public transport at all. So it's a very walkable city, which is great. Oh. Compared to London, it's like much different lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. And um, how was your English when you moved? Because uh, we have a lot of people who are watching and listening. We've got We've got somebody from Madagascar watching. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we've got lots of people from all over the world watching. Probably a lot of them are learning English. So if you have any advice or any funny stories uh, to help these people who are listening today. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I can start. Um, I think our, like my feeling was that my English was of worse than I presume it would be um, and I, I think I learned quite a bit in, in class classroom so I was able to to talk but I, I found it quite difficult sometimes to understand some people on the you know on the street and the different accents I think that was quite quite challenging so I would say I, I think that 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 is that isn't that isn't always easy, but try to listen to how English is spoken by some native speakers. Maybe not, not necessarily in the in the movies even, but but by people, some common people, uh, as it were. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So when we moved, we we did have some like a good level of English, mm -hmm. but it was more about like understanding uh, like written text and being able to. Uh, you know, uh, answer basic questions and, and write something. But it wasn't like really being able to have a good conversation in a pub with, with a group of people. So it, it, it took a few months to be able to do that. And it was very gradual. So, and it, because it was Scotland, a lot of people have really had heavy accents. So <laughs> I think it took a bit longer to, to adjust to that. So we had this one neighbor, a uh, really old, uh, what was his name? Bob. Bob, yes, that was Bob. Bob. Well, that's Bob. easy at least, Bob. <laughs> that's <laughs> not difficult. That's, that's the only easy part. So he was very old and he looks like, um, he looks like a Santa Claus. And, and he was very friendly. So he insisted every time he saw us uh, on, on chatting to us and I couldn't understand a single word. 
I, I mean, I really was hoping that he wasn't speaking English or maybe some <laughs> local dialect. I, I couldn't understand any, anything he was saying. So I kind of uh, assumed he was talking about the weather and would always make kind of a very generic remark saying, yeah, it's really beautiful today, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. And, and that was our conversation, but I had no clue what, what he was saying, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it took us a good couple of years to, to figure out what, what, what Bob was saying to us. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was learning Spanish, I had a similar situation, like somebody would talk to me and I would do kind of this movement. I'd move my head in a very non-committal, uh, sort of superficial way. And I realized once I was having a conversation with my neighbor and I was doing this and I was going, oh, you know, that's good. And I didn't know what he was saying. And then as he sort of walked away, I suddenly clicked and I understood that he was telling me that his mother was extremely ill and was in hospital. And I'd been going, oh, that's good. <laughs> so I don't think he spoke to me very much after that. But you, ha you have to be quite brave, don't you, when you're learning a language, I think. You have to be brave. It helps when you're open to, to feeling stupid <laughs> yeah so if you if you don't treat yourself too seriously and like people really don't care if you make mistakes we still make mistakes and just like it's fine mm. uh, yeah. so not so sorry so not making mistakes or making mistakes is okay yeah 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 i was thinking about that before we we met so knowing that we'll be like some of the people listening or, or um, to us would be learning English. And I think that's the main sort of point for me also that it's it's totally okay to make mistakes. And sometimes yeah. I think you're already aware of it when you learn the language and you're sometimes aware of how many mistakes you make. And like that's yeah. totally true that we both <laughs> make a lot of mistakes still just of learn not to not to care about them that much. No, so it's the communication that's the key. No, and really. You know what I realized, like English people also make mistakes and quite a lot of them and grammar, grammar is unfamiliar to a lot of native speakers and it's fine. It's just like, it tends to be like different type of mistakes, but they like, people don't know their grammar. So like, don't be challenged by that. <laughs> yeah, very good advice. Very good advice. Yes, my, I think once somebody asked my mum, you know, so uh, why do you have so many phrasal verbs in English? And she was like, phrasal what? <laughs> you know, she didn't even uh, understand what the question meant because we don't actually learn them. I'm going to use a phrasal verb now, but we just pick them up. You know, we pick up the, these phrasal verbs and it's only if you become a teacher that you learn that they exist. I'm just going to tell you because I'm quite impressed. We have today people apart from madagascar we have people from venezuela hungary ecuador egypt iraq pakistan somalia S serbia wow. colombia nepal tunisia morocco and peru 
Brilliant. Yes. I want to go to all of those places. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe you'll get some invites. Right. So all those people are watching. I can see some questions are coming in now. So we're going to put it to the listeners. If you want to ask um, Thomas or Lena any questions, uh, let's go and have a look and see if we have some questions. Okay. So we have one. Did you take any qualifications in English? So did you study anything formally? Um, yes and no, no is the answer, really. <laughs> ah, yes so, and no. Okay, yeah. explain. So we, we both took um, a course for, if, if I remember it correctly, the acronym is CPE. Is that, is that right? Maybe. So it was, a, it was meant to be a certificate of proficiency. Yeah, CP um, Cambridge proficiency. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we, we both took a course and studied for it, but neither of us took the actual exam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I don't remember what the logic of, of this was, to, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but but I, I know we don't have any formal qualifications. No. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I know that I've taught the Cambridge proficiency uh, course before it's extremely difficult and I think a lot of uh, native speakers would fail because it's not just your proficiency in English it's like that you can actually read and listen to understand a wide range of of texts and it's really quite challenging so I, I can understand you didn't you didn't take the exam okay let's see we've got some more questions um what did you study in Aberdeen? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Social anthropology. And for those of you uh, who don't know what that is, and a lot of people don't know what that is, um, it's a study of different cultures. So mm -hmm. usually like more indigenous cultures. So we, for example, studied about indigenous people in Alaska and Russia and um, where else, Mexico and stuff like that. Very interesting, very unemployable as well. <laughs> yes, it's, a, it's, it's a very interesting degree, but uh, utterly useless if you're, <laughs> if you're looking for a job after university. Yeah. Okay, so how was it finding a job after university? Um, so it kind of well, went kind of different way so you can talk about yours um for me it's it took a little while and i think one of the things that sort of anthropology teaches you is um how many problems there are in the world and that's <laughs> how i end up working in sort of the charity field and, and now sort of work with uh with refugees so i don't think it necessarily helped me find the job but it like it opened my mind to to sort of knowing about some of the, some right. of the problems that the world so, is facing. So you work with refugees. Can you just explain a little bit about that job? Yeah, of, of course. So um, I, um, um, uh, and I recently uh, sort of changed jobs from, from one of working with refugees to another, and I'll, I'll talk about a little bit about both. So previously I worked in a um, in an organization that uh, helps refugees resettled, so arriving in the UK. Um, 
sort of feel welcome and, and integrated here. So we, we did a lot of work after a, fam a refugee family arrived in, in London to help them settle in. Huh. And now I moved sort of to um, training group groups of volunteers who will be providing that sort of support to, to refugee families. Oh, that sounds very interesting. And Lena, what about you? So I kind of decided not to get a job <laughs> or I was hoping I wouldn't have to because I wanted to stay uh, in academia and continue um, toward a postgraduate degree. Uh, but that was dependent on funding. If I didn't get any funding, I would have to get a job. But I, luckily I did. So uh, I, I got funding from an English university and that's when we decided to move down south. Um, initially to Kent and then to, to London. And uh, so I was accepted to do my PhD and it was in sociology and it was about uh, education really. So it was about young people's experiences of education and uh, transition from education to work. So I didn't get a job myself, but I was you know, like teaching other people about it basically. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I did. And did you enjoy it, your PhD? Because I work with some people doing PhDs at the moment. And, you know, I see one day they're kind of enjoying it and the other days they're kind of, you know, pulling their hair out. And, you know, they're on the brink of a divorce usually because their partners, you know, can't deal with the PhD anymore. <laughs> Yeah, so a uh, good question. I was hoping it, it wouldn't come up. So no, I did not enjoy it. I did not enjoy it almost like at all. It was very kind of challenging in terms of, um, it felt very lonely and your work is very, it, it can be quite isolating. And it's also for someone with a short kind of attention span, uh, you have to basically spend five years doing the same project. And after one year, I was like, I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was like, now I can have a more balanced approach to it. And, you know, it, it, I learned quite a lot. And it was kind of quite a, an interesting experience to have in your early career as well. Mm -hmm. It was not a very enjoyable one. <laughs> well, well done. Congratulations. I admire you for that. Okay, let's see if we have some other questions. Um, uh, ah. What is the best thing about living in the UK? Um, a very interesting question. Deep question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I, 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 that goes well for the reason why we moved here. So I think mm -hmm. it offers like quite a lot more opportunities yeah. and, and independence, like especially to young people, I guess. So we, we moved here because we really wanted to um, live together and in Poland it's like it would be impossible especially at that time to study have a job and like be able to support yourself that way so in that sense like UK uh, allowed us to to do that and, and I think from from then on there were also more opportunities in terms yeah. of, of different jobs that we could and still can do here I would also oops. Oh, well, my camera's gone. I don't know why. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, we can hear you still. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, well, we're just going to have to go with just my voice, I think. That's so weird. Wait, I'm going to see. 
I can uh, ask a question in the meantime while you're trying to get your camera working. So yeah. I add to that that what I love about Britain is that it's very multicultural. So for someone like us coming from a very heter like homogeneous society where everyone was Polish and everyone was white, uh, it was super interesting. And and it, I, I still believe uh, that it is super open and welcoming to to different cultures and. It was like great to get this exposure to to different types of people, cultures, way of life, and so on. Yeah, I think that's the best thing. And, and cuisine, like Indian cuisine, for example. <laughs> yeah, I mean the UK is just brilliant because it has so you know we have such a varied population, especially yeah. I think in London, but even in other parts of the country as well. And um, so yeah, we do have we do have some really good restaurants because people always say that English food is awful. And, oh, I'm back, look. Uh, people sometimes say English food is awful, but actually I think we are more adventurous. Okay, so we're going to go now to our second poll. Um, and this one we haven't you haven't talked about but i like all the different um <laughs> the options i actually and i don't know the answer so i'm very interested to find out what the answer is so i'll just read the question why did they decide to study in aberdeen um because higher education is free in scotland because the university campus looked a bit like hogwarts in the pictures because they knew someone studying in Aberdeen already or because they wanted to live close to beautiful Scottish nature. So at the moment, that last option is the most popular. Could you tell us uh, what the real answer is? It's quite embarrassing, actually, <laughs> because we totally chose uh, the university because of how it looked like in pictures. It totally looked like the castle from, from Harry Potter. And that was the main reason. I mean, it's great that education in Scotland is free, but like believe us, like we didn't have a clue back then, <laughs> like about all the finances and fees and, and all of that. So yeah, it was the Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't reflect very well on us. And, and I was, I, I still think, how did we, like, how did you do such a big thing for in, in your life with so little research? But yeah, yeah the pictures were great. But I think, I think that's a good reason to choose it. I think I would probably, you know, choose it. And when, when you were there, did you ever regret your decision? Um, no, not at all. Actually, yeah, it was like, it was a really nice place to to leave, and especially for like studying, the yeah. university was great, mm -hmm. and like the the fact that everything is so close to each other was brilliant. So yeah, yeah, it, it was worked good. out. Yeah, it, it was a good time. <laughs> okay, well, I'm very happy that it worked out for you after making the decision based on just a photograph. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Well, normally at this point in the show, I talk about some language points, but I actually, because the subject of this show, a lot of it has been about, you know, how to improve your English, you know, when you go and live in an English speaking country. So um, a lot of students ask me this. So I'd just like to say some of the bits of advice that you mentioned. So one of it was one of the things you said 
don't worry about the grammar. Don't worry about making mistakes. That communication is the key. Also, you said that, you know, there are lots of different accents in the UK. So to actually get some exposure to people speaking different accents is, you know, very useful mm -hmm. too. Because if you always listen to a very, you know, um, clear uh, kind of fake, I'm not going to say fake, but, you know, uh, an accent that's very neutral, perhaps it'll be more difficult when you arrive. Also be good at faking that you know what <laughs> someone is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so that they carry on talking to you <laughs> because sometimes you catch on like after a while you get to the second sentence oh yeah i now know what you're talking about so give yourself um, a second <laughs> okay and uh, finally i'm just going to end with this question could you tell me each of you uh what is your favorite english word Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll start. I, 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 um, I have something fairly strange. So I was thinking of the word word doodle. So to make those doodle uh, needs to make those little um, sort of like draw a little bit when you're when you're so absent absent-minded. I, I guess. Okay. So can I just so people who are listening, his favorite word is doodle. Can you spell it, please, Thomas? Yeah. It's D double O. D-L-E. Yeah, and it's when you're, you're, just, you're just drawing on a piece of paper, no, without thinking. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And why do you like it? I, I think it's, it just it makes me laugh. And like, <laughs> it, it, it reflects like how, like the lack of seriousness of the situation. So like, I think <laughs> the word reflects well the activity of, of sort of doodling or like drawing without thinking, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, and Lena, what's yours? Yeah, so uh, I actually someone asked me that before, and I, I said serendipity, mm -hmm. and it's mostly because like it doesn't exist in, in in Polish, and it's just such a great word. I don't think I, there is a translation, and it's just like such a it sounds cool, and it's such a nice concept as well. Right, I'm going to ask you to spell it huh, for people yeah. listening. Yeah, so that's... Are you prepared? It's quite I, I long. I'm prepared because I, I still can't spell. I can't spell to save my life. So I wrote it down. So it's S-E-R-E-N-D-I-P-I-T-Y. It's a Correct. lot of word. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean? Uh, so it means like... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. How would you explain serendipity? Uh, so it, it's something like between fate and luck isn't it <laughs> yeah fake luck chance yeah destiny or no or more chance but yeah uh, it's... we're a bit of luck i guess like that would yeah. Be yeah. yeah when the universe kind of aligns <laughs> in this way and something like really great happens uh, that was really unlikely to i think <laughs> yeah. yeah i uh, i mean i think maybe you seeing the the picture that reminded you of Hogwarts could have been, you know, a serendipitous moment, you know, and then you, it changed your lives. And yeah. here you are on the perfectly spoken talk <laughs> show. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <a> great example. <laughs>
Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and your stories. And um, yeah, keep in touch and have a very good weekend now that you can relax, now you've finished your working week. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah. It's, been, it's been great. Thank you. It was great. Thanks for having us and good luck with learning English. Yeah, good luck. Okay, bye everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Bye. bye.